Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning. If you don't know who I am, one, you haven't gotten in trouble yet this year, congratulations. Two is I haven't been around for a while, and so it's a pleasure to be with you here this morning. I'm Andy Schmidt, Dean of Students here. I'm going to invite you now to rise as we begin our worship service. And we'll begin here by doing so by speaking in unison from the worship folder, Psalm 118. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing in salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. Good morning, fellow redeemed. The text for our consideration this morning is from the seventh chapter of Matthew's Gospel. We're here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, beginning there at the 24th verse. Jesus said, Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. We pray. O Lord, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. A sandcastle or a rock-solid residence. As much as we enjoy building sandcastles as children, we know from an early age none of us would ever want to permanently live in one. From an early age, we realize how quickly and easily a sandcastle can be ruined or destroyed, whether it be because of the water and the waves or maybe not packing the sand tightly enough together or some stray animal running down the beach or maybe just somebody else not walking and watching what they're doing, or maybe just because you had a really mean sibling. If we are wise enough to know that we would not want to live our lives from sandcastles, then why are you and I so often so foolish in wanting to build our lives and our kingdoms on sinking sand? You ever think about it that way before? We pour ourselves into our studies, into our jobs, and in the process, we neglect relationships. Relationships with the family, with friends, with your spouse, with God. We do it for work and study that can be gone and washed away in just a second. Whether it be for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, or as we're seeing right now in our society, because of politics and pandemic. In chasing the American dream, you and I, we work and we study hard all day and we can barely sleep at night. Right now, our country is being assaulted. Our society is being assaulted by things like anxiety and depression. In chasing the American dream, what can happen is you and I, we can become so focused on building the castle and the kingdom that we want by ourselves 
that when times get tough, we think we can turn to the sands of sex and substances and that they're going to lift us up and be our support system when times are hard. Or that at least they're maybe going to help us by overcoming and numbing that pain and stress for just a little while. It's so easy for you and me to fall into that false American phrase that says, he or she who dies with the most toys wins, only to either be reminded or to learn the hard way that he or she with the most toys still dies. Doesn't matter. No, too often, you and I, we just, we lose sight of what's important. And we, we chase, and we work so hard to chase after these dreams that we have. And in the process, they can end up seeming like or actually become nothing but a nightmare. And see, when you build your life and your future on the things of this world, which moth and rust destroy which are here one moment and then can literally be gone in the blink of an eye, your life and your faith can come crashing down quicker than a sandcastle at the beach. When we take the things of this world and their dump heap treasures that are offered to us in this world, and that becomes the focal point of our life, that becomes our purpose, that becomes our drive, that becomes the foundation of everything that we do, what can happen is, my friends, you and I, our faith in our life can come crashing down, and you and I, we will be swept away by the fiery river that leads nowhere but to the very throne of hell. Now, studying hard, working hard, being here and getting a degree and then getting a job because your parents don't want you at home anymore, and chasing after your dreams, none of those things are wrong in and of themselves. And we know that for certain, right? Because back in the Garden of Eden, the, one of the two commands that God gave Adam and Eve was, work, work this garden. But see, here's my point. If push comes to shove, folks, we should want to have our lives reflect a shack built on a rock instead of a castle made of sand. And if anybody understood this concept, it was certainly our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, this parable at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, it wasn't created by some wise, great ivory tower theologian. This was a practical expert. Jesus was the master builder. The master builder who understood building houses and needing to build them on firm foundations. Both, literally, Jesus the carpenter's son, but then also metaphorically. Remember that a time before this, the Son of God and the Son of Man was there, Jesus was there, and Satan took him, and he showed him the whole world. And he told Jesus that all he had to do was bow down to him, the Lord of flies, and he would get to have everything that he saw without having to suffer and die. Which, of course, that was a lie, because the ransom for our sin wasn't owned to Satan. It was owed to God the Father. But Jesus didn't want to have some kingdom that was founded on the shifting sand promises of the devil. Because he knew that kind of kingdom only comes crashing down and it comes down quickly and hard. No, instead, Jesus wanted to live a life that definitely resembled more of a shack built on the rock. The rock of his Heavenly Father's promises. 
the rock on that firm foundation that was found in Moses in the prophets. And so as Jesus lived perfectly, obeying the law of God for you and me in our place, because we don't, he did so each day, day in and day out, without pomp and circumstance. He left those things instead to Israel's unfaithful and arrogant religious leaders. As Jesus walked humbly in our sandals, he did it humbly. Just take the time and read through the Gospel of Luke. And as you do, you see that Jesus is the Savior of the widow and the orphan and the criminal and the oppressed and the depressed and the social outcast. As Jesus went about his mission for our salvation, he did so without worrying about glory in power. Again, he left those things behind. He left those things for people like the Herods and the Roman politicians. And in his death, it didn't get any better. Jesus didn't die some martyr's death that caused some great uprising and revolution against the government in Rome. Now, yes, Jesus' death was ultimately the result of God the Father's plan of salvation from eternity, but it was executed by the hands of the men and women that he lived with and those religious leaders who took him to one of their most hated oppressors and said, please kill this guy for us with the worst of criminals' death. And if Caesar asked you why you did what you did, just tell him to have his blood be on us and in our children. But thanks be to our triune God, that God's Son willingly, as Paul writes to the Philippians, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Because, see, folks, now you and I, we possess something much greater than a shack on a rock or even a rock-solid residence. By faith, created and nourished and fed through the means of grace, you and I now have forgiveness of every one of our sins. We have eternal life. We have salvation. You and I, by faith, we possess a mansion that is already ours. The deed is ours. It's waiting for us in heaven, as Jesus tells us in John 14. A mansion that will be more beautiful and amazing than anything that you and I have seen in this life, and even anything more awesome than our minds could even begin to imagine. And so students, I'm not cutting you slack. Continue to study hard. Faculty, staff, we need to continue to work hard. Folks, continue to chase after your dreams. But do so. Do so only with these words of your Lord and Savior in mind and in the forefront of your head. Each of us is blessed to be here at Bethany because as we work and as we study, as you plan for your future students and you chase your dreams, we get to do so around Jesus in his means of grace which means each day you and I have the opportunity, it's right there for us, to build our lives and to build our dreams and our future every single day on our only rock and Redeemer. Because, see, when the winds and the waves and the floods of this world come and beat down on you, because they have or they will, just like they did to Jesus those 33 years he walked here on earth, it's only in the one who overcame all of those things in his life and death for you and gives them to you by faith. It's only Jesus who will be able to be 
there to support you and hold you up so that your life, so that your future doesn't come crashing down like a castle made of sand. No, my brothers and sisters in Christ, sure, at times that means that our life to the outside world is going to look like nothing but a shack. But I promise you this, that when Jesus finally calls each of us home to heaven someday, at that very moment, that shack you have built on your rock and your Redeemer will be immediately transformed into your mansion in heaven. To our rock and to our Redeemer be the glory. Amen. We continue with the hymn.
Thank you.